0: Here with another another episode of your Dominican podcast. Que lo que? Where we really sit down and talk to folks who are really making an impact on and for our community. Um, we're joined as always by the ever so gracious, ever so talented my co-host here, Vanessa Fernandez. Lovely Venus. ¿Cómo está? Que lo que? Mira aquí
1: guayando la yuca. Mira,
0: es verdad, es verdad. Esta cosa, la cosa está fuerte. Pero you know, with people like you, I think we'll be okay. You know. Well, díganos, ¿qué lo
1: que está pasando hoy? Why are we here? What's the deal, Well, I'm going to take a personal point of, of uh, order and say that our guest today is somebody that I have known for quite some time. I had the pleasure of having her as an intern at <laughs> Wong in my office uh, a few years ago un poco. Don't, <laughs> worry. don't worry don't we won't you
0: know we won't measure it in real years <laughs>
1: <laughs> and her name is Eva Facundo but not only because she's Dominican and she was an intern in my office but she currently serves as the deputy, uh, the deputy director of affiliated fundraising. For emerge America, where she trains, works, and support emerging emerge America's growing state affiliation uh, affiliates on their funding goals. That's a lot of stuff. Coño, pero ese resume está duro. era mujer que sabe el dinero. Vamos a hablar claro. Esta ella sabe cómo a
0: colectarlo a qué reconocerlo.
1: Mira. Exactly. Exactly. So we're you know. So I want to say to the listeners, que lo que Eva, que lo que,
2: oh I'm so excited to be here. I mean, like for the, the listeners to know the history I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I'm so excited to be here. I love this platform, and I'm, I'm just I'm happy to hear your voice again. Mostly. Aww,
1: me too. Me too. <laughs> I told never. you this is a personal privilege, you know. Oh. <laughs> well, this is our catch-up. This
0: is our catch-up. It's real great to have you here. Honestly, I mean, I'm excited um, because in many ways you represent what we know to be true, that there are a lot of badass Dominicanas operating in the important spaces that we're doing that are often spoken um, and are doing the glamorized work that you know it requires for people to run for office and for communities to exercise their political power. So, real great to have you here on the program today.
2: Oh, thank you. No, I'm very excited to have, be here. And and then it is a lot of words that go into my my bio. <laughs> it sometimes it's it's a it's a challenge to sort of describe how you navigate like the American political system, especially for women and women of color. And, you know, we're trying to get more Dominicanas in like an elected office. And it's sort of kind of writing your own guidebook at this point. Right. So, you know, the American political system has been created by white men like in ugly wigs, you know, <laughs> Um so you know, it's it's about sort of creating that new guidebook that people like us, you know, can sort of navigate that world. And um, emerge America, you know, has been around for a time, you know, some time. I'm fairly new to it. I just got into the organization earlier this year, um, but we are we're just committed, and you know, thinking about how do we give our women tools um, and empowerment and confidence to actually run for all these elected offices, we're not talking about just federal, but state levels, city councils, school boards, like where like a lot of the hard work is done. And You know, me and me we just said, no, because we, I was her intern in the local state rep's office. So we, <laughs> <laughs> the hard work is
1: there. Shout out to local electeds. Shout, you know, out, definitely, shout out
0: there. Definitely, definitely.
1: Yeah. Well, Eva, you were born in Dominican Republic, you were raised in Miami, and now you live in Cali. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Tell us that little growth.
2: We want to Yeah. Know. Um, so like I, I immigrated to Miami from DR, like fairly young, like really young. I was a baby, like a little baby. <laughs> um, my immigrant stories, it's kind of sad. i like a little bit traumatic. Um, I, I was born in 1990, um, full 90s baby. My mom, you know, uh, she's a journalist. She's a, a Spanish language journalist. She was pretty big in Santo Domingo, and she wanted a new life for her daughter in America, you know, like the whole thing. So she got a job with in Nuevo Herald in um, Miami in 91. And even though she went through uh, a very expedited process to get her citizenship because she, long story, she lived in um, Miami in the 60s during Trujillo and and stuff. So like she was able to get citizenship pretty easily um, with this new um, position at Nova Herald, but like, you know, for whatever the bureaucracy is about immigration, we were separated for a very long time. Um, I wasn't able to enter the United States uh, for a couple of years more than a couple of years. Um, and you know, like we, it's pretty much like a mother daughter ship. Like she, you know, we were like a single family, home, single mother family home. And, um, so coming to Miami was, um, definitely a shock <laughs> mostly <laughs> because I was without, you know, my mother for so long. I lived in South with my, um, my aunt and uncle, through the time that she was here. Um, so I feel like a lot of my, like, trying to get in the rhythm of Miami and my new life in America had to do more about that, right? Like being reunited with, you know, the main person in my family who's going to be my, my guidance in life. Um, and then, I mean, we did pretty good. Like, we're, we're extremely close, and, you know, I, it's... I'll get to this, but I sort of followed her here to the West Coast, so <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she, tried, she tried to get away. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I mean, my decision to uh, get out of Miami, so first I went to American University in D.C., um, and that was my first experience outside of like the Latin community because like going for example Let me go to Miami it's not much of a difference when it comes oh, to God oh, my God. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: um so I went to school in DC and that's when my mother moved to the west coast and once I graduated I wanted to go into political campaigns I I knew that even with all my experience I sort of uh festered and garnered in DC that it was time for me to get on the field um, and I decided to go on the field in the West Coast, and here I am in Los Angeles. And I've had like, you know, what, nine or ten candidates, over ten years of campaign experience, and then finally happy to be in an organization that's national. Um, so it's not just about what's going on here in L.A., but what's going on, you know, states like Arkansas, Arizona, Massachusetts, and we're, we just launched our, um, our program in Georgia. So, you know, it's, yeah, I'm back to
1: being thinking nationally now. So it's good. Fabulous, fabulous. Well, as everybody know, I've had a pleasure of meeting you early in your story. And I've always loved your passion for our culture and the love that you had of helping people, you know, through politics. Um, where do you think that comes from? you think it comes from your family your mom or maybe that separation that you spoke about earlier yeah maybe um god
2: this is some therapy session huh hey <laughs> right,
0: here you go. You. we do
2: um yeah the, the idea of public service um I think it's blood I think um you know coming from Santo Domingo and like Community is such a big thing um, that it was able, you know, I was able to replicate that and sort of in my own community. I do have to say it was sort of difficult to find that space in Miami um, only because even though, like, you know, Miami, Miami, Florida, it's so involved in politics. I mean, like the whole 2000 Bush v. Gore thing. Like
0: <laughs> Talking about traumatizing. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I I was 10 years old. I'm like, what is with these chats? I don't know who chat is. Like, what is a chat? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, we're, we're just so involved in, like, the American political system, but, like, in our very unique Miami way. Um, but it still felt hard to... To navigate the political system in Miami, because I feel like it was still it was so much dominated by you know uh, Cuban Americans. Thanks. Um. And you know I am a party loyalist, like uh, like unabashed. Like I'm a Democrat. Blue. You know I bleed blue, right? Not just because I'm a Dodgers fan now. I bleed. Because <laughs> um, I'm a Democrat, and so I it was really hard to find those spaces in Miami. Um. Because a lot of the institutional politics was very much more geared to the Republican side. So um, I feel like that's sort of why I transitioned out um, and try to find sort of that public service I could feel more comfortable with. And I, I've definitely found that in the West Coast, I think. In Los Angeles, it's a different vibe.
0: Yeah, I think also too, it's like, you know, what 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 I used used to remember, you know, talking to, to cousins and, and family in Miami is that Miami also had a very much a very Latin American feel to it. And I always sometimes feel a little more Latin American than, than Latino, right? Um, yeah. You know, in terms of being Native, I mean, obviously, you have generations of Cubans here, but it, because it was so close to Latin America and because you had, I think, there's, there's, a, there's a class aspect, too, I think, in terms of the Latinos that also live here, too. It always made it a, feel like a different city than, you know, than Latinos in New York or in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Chicago, right? Like, I mean, all of these different Latino communities have, you know, have different DNAs right to kind of do it there and, and it almost seemed like it always seems like the you know you have a lot of I think Latinos coming out of Miami always seem to have a lot of pride um but at the same time too um it's just they, they also hold a different different political position right than Latinos I think in other parts of, of the country right
2: yeah um, I think we don't really fit in the traditional national understanding of what like Hispanic and Latin groups usually activate And it. Like it's a it's a it's like look it's honestly like a, you know going back to my college days when you did like Latin American foreign policy, you would have to like look at every single specific country and be like, okay, what's the political dynamics here? Like, what's the you know the political alliances? What's the uh, the coalitions? And then it's the same thing for Miami because it doesn't fit within the larger spectrum of like political organization in America. Um, And that's why I feel like I I really have a lot of, you know, respect. I saw that you had that uh, for your last episode and she's so awesome. I want to meet her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like to navigate that world is very difficult. Um, and like, they're not, they're not going to teach that in like a political science class in DC. No. It's, you have to learn it from the ground and it's interesting.
0: Yeah, it, it, it I think it definitely is. I mean, and you know, we talked. you know, we spoke to, 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 Teresa, you know, about the experience of working in politics and, and she talked about that isolation, right. That sometimes come with working in those circles, right. And, and, and having to navigate those things and, and, you know, what stands out and I think in our minds was, you know, what is that she said, you know, for the most part, you know not only you know where she sometimes or is sometimes the only Dominican, but she's also the only woman of color or even the only woman as well. you know, so yeah, tell us about that in terms of from that, like, from that perspective, you know what support have you found or not found you know culturally gender wise you know working in politics, especially you know on the fundraising side of things, right? because I think that there's a lot of talk about Latinos being in the outreach effort, right, but yeah. you're like you know fundraising is where it's really at right to a certain degree right in terms of like you know money and, and what drives sometimes some of these campaigns
2: yeah yeah i mean i i think it it goes back to what i was saying earlier about like recreating the guidebook um and then i you know on the larger scale like emerge is a organization that trains women and that's where we kind of and or demographic qualifications. (laughs) Um, But like, you know, you do think need to think about marginalization and like what, you know, it might take seven times for a woman to be asked to run for her to actually um, accept, you know, as an actual legitimate um, thing in her life, but it could take eight or nine times for a woman of color. And, like, how, can you imagine having to, like, ask, like, a you know, immigrant who's had, like, some terrible experiences about coming here, a.k.a. me, like, how many times you would have to ask me to, you know, to run for office? And, like, you have to think about those sort of um, different approaches for marginalized people and, like, in different levels. And fundraising is, you know, I, I try to copy that, that sort of same mentality into fundraising. Like, the the guide for fundraising, like when I came up and I had my first internship um, with Emily's List, which was a uh, it's a political action committee that f- fundraises for women pro-choice women.
0: Your early money is like yeast
2: yes yes exactly and uh early money is like yeast and like the way they trained me and like I owe everything to him says because I learned a lot but like the way they trained me was exactly the white man guidebook of how to fundraise um and then you're you, you start learning like you know when I took on my first couple campaigns, and I would work for Latinas, and I would, you know, I I do work a lot for a lot of Latinas, I have to say, like, most of my uh, portfolio has been Latinas, like, some of that stuff doesn't work, you know what I mean? Like, it's it just, it's, it's not something that we inherently, as women of color, um, sort of approach things, like, we approach things different ways, and it's, it's about using those certain um, you know, strengths that when it comes to being a woman of color and being from a marginalized community, using those strengths to also correlate to how you fundraise or how you win an election. Um, And so we're just like been very open-minded and that's my approach to fundraising. Um, And so far I've been pretty successful at it, (laughs) uh, is finding those, those creative ways that match the certain strengths that people and people of color um, might bring to the table that a white man doesn't, you know? So, uh, and you know, big examples nowadays is digital fundraising. I mean, like this is a a new sort of thing for like the fundraising practice, but you could say there's a lot of arguments to be said that digital fundraising and community grassroots fundraising came from communities of color. Um, and we're now bringing it to the larger understanding of how to fundraise the the political system. And, you know, I read all the time, like that O'Rourke has like over 60,000, um, grassroots fundraisers. Like, well, like we, we built that structure for him so he could now raise for grassroots yeah. fundraising. And so that's a huge part of, you know, this new understanding of how to fundraise and how it. Mostly it should support people of color um, because that's just how we interact. Right. We're community people like, yeah. you know, like our money is not going to come from like the, you know, the president of Star- Starbucks. Like we don't know that guy. No, right. 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 <laughs> we might buy from that guy.
1: What? Yeah. I was well,
0: or, or at least not the, not the trademark star, you know, star Starbucks. Maybe I do say a books or something
1: like
0: that. That's, you know, that's slightly different, you know? Um,
2: exactly though. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's about, it's about investing in your community and like, it's just a matter of, of creating those connections. People that say, Hey, like the, the power of the people is within our community. We can also make that, you know a strategy for fundraising. Um, and it's and new,
0: th- brand new, and, and I think you're so right. I mean, in a lot of ways, it is about how we remix the system, right? Like, I mean, I think we, we're we used to doing that, and I think, um, I mean, I, there, there's tons of statistics about just in general the buying power of Latinos, Dominicanos, you know, folks in terms of here in the states. Um, and what's always I always used to find interesting is that you know, as, as as someone who was a good you know, altar boy and went to church and stuff like that, you know, I always used to be amazed about like, you know, during Advent um, and during Lent, you had those little, you know, you put your little quarter inside the, the little books that you would add to collect the fundraise for. You know, if there was a hurricane that hit some country or whatever, there was always money around. People always collect money. So it's not like communities of color and, and historically marginalized communities don't know how to collect funds, right? It's in some ways yeah. it's for the purpose, right? For what purpose are you doing it for? Um and so I think you're right about like, you know, you know I think so many, so often when we're in, in either these power institutions or these white-led institutions, we're told to check our culture at the door,
1: right? And I exactly. think, you know,
0: a lot of times I think what you're talking about is saying, no, let's embrace who we are in every facet. And that includes in how we do our jobs.
2: Yeah, 100%. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> so funny. But, Emma, yeah. you've been blessed to live in in different parts of the country, and uh, you know, and just kind of piggybacking on what we were talking about, you know. Pero la gente dominicano, you know, what's your view about the Dominican uh, the community in places like Miami, Cali, and DR, with their relationship regarding politics as well as. Uh, community activism because you talked about you know the changes of it so what have you seen specifically in our community because you know in Santo Domingo we know that baseball and politics are number one but when <laughs> it comes to the United States we don't seem to be at the same level
2: yeah, you know, yeah and- no yeah no um I mean I, like it's exactly what I was just talking about like the For us to sort of go through the motions of understanding our strengths and understanding what community is and how to empower that in the political system is a process. You know, we're talking about like, Decades and decades of timeline to finally get that. Like, look at the Chicano, you know, uh, movement here in the West Coast. Like, they had to go through labor, you know, fights in the 60s and the 70s. And they finally, you know, have, like, their record number of Chicano elected officials. But we're not there yet as Dominicans. And I think that there's so many, as, as is so right, like, we are inherently, like, Involved in politics, like if you're not going to like if then I were like, you're just talking about like all the drama that Leonel Fernandez is doing right now, <laughs> like, yeah, that's how it is, and like, I mean, that's how it is in our culture, like, that's what our conversations are. Um, and so it's, it's uh, you know, I think it's Talk the talk and walk the walk, you know, like we sort of had to make that connection to people where it's like, you know, your opinions matter. You're empowered in this community, in the American community, not just, you know, in the South Lomingo community. You're empowered here and your your opinions are validated. Let's try to organize around that and get more of our folks elected and empower ourselves. So it's a process. I mean, and then, then also like it the power like the power of numbers. Like, you know, we're definitely, we finally have our first uh, representative um, in the US Congress out, coming out of Washington Heights and um, in Espaya, but that's because, like, you know, we've been there for a bit, <laughs> Washington Heights, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, it took, you know, and, you know, Espaya was a state senator, I believe, and it, it took him time to sort of climb up that ladder. Um, and, you know, I think that we could actually use what happened in Washington Heights and, Beyond and sort of duplicate that in other areas where there's a high concentration of Latinos. Um, I mean, I, I know that we had um, which was a governor of Rhode Island for some time. And like that, I mean, Rhode Island is a big number of, you know, Dominicans and like we need to start. Sort of targeting those communities and seeing within those, you know, uh, offices and opportunities, we could start elevate them. That's what we do in at Merge. Like we're very um, we're very analytical about where are we recruiting women, where do they have like the, the biggest pro, uh, prosperity to run for office and like, hey, let's let's do it for Dominicans too. Like let's let's focus on you know, this community and seeing where uh, they have a bigger opportunity to represent themselves. I do think that it will take some a lot more time for a Dominican to be elected in, in Los Angeles. You know, I, <laughs> there's about like five of us here. I make a joke that's like me,
1: my mom and like the three Dodgers players, you know. Um, hilarious because watch, somebody's going to be listening to this podcast and Cali and be like, Ah uh, no, no no no! And they're gonna email you me. I <laughs> you God, man. And I will no, say,
0: no. I, I will say that even. I mean, we found this out even with Keloké, right? Like, I think, I think part of it is that I think, especially in some cities, it's almost like like Dominicans are in the cut, right? <laughs> and they're just like they're all around. But I think there's been a reason. And I think you know, when people talk about identity, there's a difference. You know, when it comes to development, there's a difference between saying, okay, I'm not gonna deny my culture, and then there's another difference in saying I'm gonna be unapologetically. In front of it, right, and be out of it, right, um, and I think it's so hard too because, especially in, I think, on in national circles, um, Dominicans, Caribbean folks, I mean, and I would include into the Puerto Ricans. You know, we bring something different, right, to, than than that kind of whole national, um, you know, uh, Latino, Mexican American. I mean, it's all you know, it's, it's all a big sancocho but but we bring a little flavor, right? We bring a little little flavor to that joint, and so um, it's amazing to see. When I think Dominicans, especially young Dominicans, get involved unapologetically as they are, you know, the, the potential opportunity there is to kind of bridge a bunch of different cultures, right? Um, especially, I mean, I think you see that a lot in the Northeast where I think Dominicans have a real opportunity to, to help bridge cultures because they are urban, they're living in urban environments. You know, there, there's, there is a connection, you know, with the African-American community. I think there are places that sometimes Dominicans can, can hold space that sometimes some other Latinos are perhaps have a little more uncomfortable of a time doing. So I'm curious in terms of your thought about that in terms of you know, what the potential impact of Latinos getting involved, not just in terms of running for office, but like in positions like yours, you know, in terms of that are important to the infrastructure, what potential role can they play in, um, in essence, in changing the game?
2: Yeah. And I think you just made a perfect point um, that, we don't We don 't talk about representation and politics just because we want a face you know like representation and politics means something um, like I know there's a lot of backlash of people talking about identity politics and how you know that might complicate the our political system but like well, identity politics is just going by a way where we want people of power that could relate to the issues of our community right and then you know, and that's, I sort of have some issues with the word diversity because some people will be like, oh, well, look look at all these, you know, Latinos in the U.S. Congress that got elected in 2018. Look look how diverse. I was like, yeah, but where are the the Guatemalans? Where are the Dominicans? Like where, you know, like where, like that's, you know, you can't just, you know, put a blanket, say some of diversity without actually integrating like the, you know, the actual diversity within a community. And that's what it is with a lot of Americans. And I 100% do believe that Dominicans hold a different perspective of not only uh, our, our urban communities here in the United States and what our communities are feeling on the ground, but also about foreign policy. Like we have a very um, special relationship with the United States and by special, I mean, complicated. <laughs>
1: Definitely. Um,
2: and, you know, I mean, like, and I, I think it's funny because I, I, you see a lot of what was happening with, um, I mean, you see what's happening with Venezuela and like the what the Trump administration was, uh, you know, thinking about intervening, putting troops on the ground, and but like I was saying, like you know, we've we've had our fair share of American interventions in the Dominican republic. Maybe we could tell you a little bit about our story and how you know that could relate to your story to make sure that we're not making the same mistakes as before. And you know, like we hold a very uh, specific. Um, relationship with the United States, and I feel like it could be very helpful for other Latin American communities. So, you know, I I do think that's uh, the important part, and honestly, I forgot the second part of your question already. (laughs) 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 I tend to rant no, what? Mean, and,
0: and, and, you know, that's our, you know Dominican Pilots Talk 101. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This
1: is it. This is, this is what they taught me to do. <laughs> nah, it's true. Well, it's true. Eva, Eva, Eva. On a girly note, and, you know, Albert, if you want to chime in on this, you can. I don't have that much. But, you know, <laughs> you and I, we've known each other, and there's a growing movement of women embracing their natural curls. Mm-hmm. i on it you know from um, <laughs> California since you live in California even just passed a law out um, outlawing discrimination yeah. based on hair what yeah. are your thoughts about that especially that you work in a world like politics where image and perception can make or break an election it's you know? honestly it's this is something this is a
2: topic that I feel very strongly about i wonder <laughs> why <laughs> So for those that you know, are listening to this and don't know me, I have really big hair um, for my beautiful and, you know, Afro ancestors, Dominican ancestors. So, I mean, I it's it's been a major journey for me. And like even for Miami, before we even get to California dynamics, even for Miami, um, my hair hey was never accepted. And like in the cultural space. Um, I mean, I was on my Dominican song and every single week trying to get the, you know, the, the video you saw in the, you know, the the y <laughs> Um, you know, I was I I straightened my hair and I did relaxers. I damaged my hair for a lot of my youth. Um and so this movement has just been so impactful for me because um, I've learned to embrace it. I've learned to accept it, but also, you know, hold my ground with it because I even say like in political spaces, I've not had the conversation once, but twice, but three times with, candidates, even a former Congresswoman, uh, I'm not going to name who, like who invited me to her office and said that my hair was too big or I need to put it in a bun. Um, it was unprofessional. So like I've, I, this is a real thing that I've experienced and, um, I'm already like as a, uh, you know, a Latina immigrant from me very, uh, jarred about being the political system with a lot of uh, you know people that don't look like me and don't have my background having people focus on my hair for example was even more felt more of a burden so um yeah I mean I I love this new law that California just passed I really hope like you know other states are able to to accept it because I if I was ever in a room, um, like I was, and I had this law, I could, well be like, hold up a second.
1: <laughs> you're okay. What you're
2: just, dis- what you're describing is discrimination and I won't have it. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, like I was never empowered to do that. And now with these laws, I feel like I have a, that, bar- uh, that validation that, I, you know, I could be who I am. I don't need to be hiding, you know, my cultural background or my, you know, my beautiful ancestry's past, um, just for the comfort of other people, mostly white people. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, it's, I feel really, really strongly. And like, I, most of the time now, like I, I, I go like my, I think my hair looks amazing and it's big and I'm going to this political event like this, and if anybody has anything to say about it, I'll call them out because <laughs> I'm empowered enough to do that now.
0: Um, so yeah, and and it's so key too because I think you know a lot of it, um, you know a lot of it, especially in politics is you know half of it is, is confidence anyway, right? And I think the the truth is is that um, you know for a long time and, and and I hear it among friends and stuff. You know sometimes the harshest critics are sometimes other women sometimes trying to to you know to feel like they might be. Trying to help you out, you know, um, yeah. you know, saying hey, you know, do this or do that, and um, and so it's hard, right, to sometimes even accept, you know, when that criticism is coming from from people who you think, um, you know, are, are your own, right, or folks who might should be looking out, right. So I, in some ways, I think you're right. This 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 movement is opening up a space and a conversation that that probably should have happened a whole a whole
1: long time ago. Yeah,
2: and I think it's a huge. That's a really good point because not only do we need to be having these conversations in the open space with people that are not Dominican or don't have like the this, this sort of facial um and physical elements that we do, but they, we do need to have it in our own spaces. You know, like I was going to Dominican salons, you know what I mean? Like they weren't like I wasn't going to some, you know, well, there was that one time.
0: <laughs> There's always one time.
2: <laughs> yeah, that one time. <laughs> I actually it's, it's not that funny of a story. The guy, the white the white guy that was doing my hair when I was like eight years old had a stroke while doing <laughs> it. You just, I stressed him out that much
1: right <laughs> mean you know well, I can tell you a story that i when um I was living in Washington state I went to a salon i just didn't i i just needed a little haircut and I walked into a salon it wasn't even dominican it was just i was like it was just told to me the the best salon and you know, my mom's a hairdresser, so I walk in. I make the appointment, da da da. And then when I sit down, and the stylist there, she goes, she literally tells me, she goes, "I don't do ethnic hair." And I was like, "Oh lord!" I was like, there was a I part of those. me that but there was a part of me that because i never heard somebody say ethnic hair. I usually get get girl. I don't know. I said pelo, but but yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> I, mean, I guess politically correct in her way, right? <laughs> in her own way. <laughs> don't do ethnic hair and I was like I was like I put my fingers through my curls I'm like you I can comb my hair out with my hands like don't get scared like don't get scared Don't. Then, yeah. <laughs> it was like hands up don't shoot yeah <laughs> yeah I'm like I'm in Bello,
2: please don't. <laughs> but my hair oh, in the air it's a thing, and I have to say a little plug-in for the Los Angeles. We have our Dominican salon here, <laughs> our one Dominican salon, and it's I the know. best. They're, they're,
1: they're, they're killing
2: it. They're killing it. I
1: love it. it. I like how she says, the one. The one. <laughs> no, anyway, the okay. one. <laughs> and then I guess for the Highlander show, there can only be one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'll I tell you, you know, yeah, I, I I'm glad we're having, you know, we, we've talked about, about a bunch of serious topics, but you know, like here every time and you know we're we're about, you know, humor and comedy and um and things that we laugh at and and there's nothing that people enjoy oh so much than our next segment, our rapid fire segment. Are you uh, ready? you've heard the shows. You've I heard have, the shows. And also, you know, so I, I think you know what's pre- coming up, but you I felt know. like
2: I needed to prepare for
0: this. I
1: don't, like <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure there's a growing cottage industry, uh, you know, of, you know, que que preparation, you know, before guests come in. So perhaps you can talk to the folks that, you know, who do SAT prep and stuff like that. Maybe they can, you know, create another, another yeah, we'll, thing. Like we'll that. write books.
2: We'll write books.
0: I mean, you know, we, we got to have different streams of income here. So, you know, it, it's got to be about that. So um,
2: revenue. See so, so That's the fundraising we're talking about. I know
0: you would appreciate that the different revenue streams and, you know, and like that stuff. So, um, because, you know, we are Mangu for your soul and you can't have Mangu without the three volpes.
1: Uno, da dos, so, primero, 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 merengue bachata, merengue,
0: Hey, va, uh, traditional,
2: traditional, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> merengue there's a lot of bachata here in, in California, because the, really? the Mexicans love it,
1: they love yeah, <laughs> it, really? I like it, I like it, segundo? but I think, I missed oh, merengue, o oh, sea, y segundo, vamos, well. <laughs> o Maduro. Oh
2: que ser maduro. You say that like, con un poco de like, like... Say, like, I love both, but, like, I also have a, I mean, like, Dominican sweet tooth, right? We're, we're from the sugar cane. So,
1: <laughs> I need a, ma, a little maduro, you know? <laughs> and the hardest question of them all. Hardest. Soñando o con Country club. <laughs> Look, at <that. laughs> Look at that! Look, Look at, at that! that. Did Did that. Have, are first. Like the team. orange,
2: the orange collaging club is my shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, I love that stuff. I can't get any of that stuff here in LA. So, hey, if any listeners want to like ship me some. Mira,
0: vamos. Look, honestly, que, lo que listeners, let's try to like, you know, unino You know, we try to get a little, little care package for our little Dominicanos out there. <laughs> out there so maybe if there's an executive out there with Conti Club, you know, mandale algo, un poquito,
2: you know. Por favor. Me- ayúdale la. Mira, she's helping out, you know. I'll be. I even. I messaged Presidente once, and I was like, "I'll be like your little community
1: advocate in Los Angeles if you want me to." Like, <laughs> I like it. Like, this is your professional net. Dear President, of dear President, <laughs> I am a- I actually in Southern California. My, the only thing I need to function is glue. <laughs> Please, por favor. Por oh, favor, ayúdame. Ayuda, con, ayúdame, ayúdame. Con, con todo el cariño. <laughs> con todo el cariño. Con todo
0: el cariño.
2: I love it. Uh, no, I actually, I, I slipped into their DMs, and I was like, hey, like, <laughs> I could get you some customers out here. Let's help out. But I can get Brugat. That's a, that's one thing I could get out here is Brugat.
0: There you Uh-oh. go. Well, you know, the clubs like them. The clubs like it. Um, let, let me switch it a little bit, too. Let me, let me ask you this question. If, what is the, what would you say is, cause you know, we sometimes talk and, and people will drop different hefran and stuff like that. If you had to pick a hefran for either your experience in politics or just politics in general, what would be your favorite like Dominican hefran or whatever to describe? What's it like to to, to work in politics? Or, or at least in this in this stage, in terms of fundraising. Like a person? Like either a person or just like, mira toda la política es como... Ay
2: sí, oh, la política como sufriendo, ¿no? <risa> <risa> No, the struggle. I mean, the struggle—not sure. to—not <laughs> to discredit anyone. Like, we need more people in this, right, to make it easier for you know some of us. Um, it'll be a lot. You know, my job will be a lot more easier if I had some people to lean on to like have the same perspective as me and come from the same community. And so, you know, help me out, ladies and gents. <laughs> 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 like, ayúdale, ayúdale, you know, ayúdale. Ayúdale,
0: ayúdale. Está, ella está uh, sufriendo. Ella está sufriendo.
2: No. And I, I mean, I haven't mentioned him yet, but I think that, like, it's important to acknowledge, like, Tom Perez, yeah. the, the chair of the Democratic, you know, uh, National Committee, is Dominican, and he's doing a hell of a job, and he definitely makes me feel a little bit more empowered to be in this space, Um
0: and and, again, and does he, does he, and, and how is it, I, I'm curious, right, because you're, no, you're not going to get the people, but, you know, <laughs> not that I'd have to know every Dominican, right, but I'm just, you know, but, but, you know, does, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious in terms of, like, has that made, you know, do, do people know that, right, because I think even before, you know, like, you could definitely in some democratic political circles, especially if you were outside, you know, New York or the East Coast, they wouldn't know Dominican Republic from Dominica. Mm -hmm. You know, like, they don't, (laughs) you know, so, you know, how's that, you know, like in terms of him, like in terms of, you know, at, at least from a cultural standpoint, you know, is he, is he, is he helping to represent?
2: Right. So there's like a challenge, right? When you, when you are Dominican in sort of some Latino spaces, um, I've been in rooms with him where he's incredibly prideful. Like he's he he drops his que, lo que like any but like the rest of us, you know? Like he's very he's very prideful of our communities and he, he definitely talents that when he's in a space where he feels like people understand and accept. But like there's a different challenge and responsibility when it comes to like for me, for example, was a Dominican that lives in a Latino community that's mostly uh, Central American, Mexican American, like there's this added way of having to explain. You know, like having to be like, yeah, no, yeah, we're the island in the Caribbean. Oh, is that the one with Haiti? Yeah, it is the one with Haiti. Like, yeah, I mean, like, it's 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 an extra responsibility and it's a challenging aspect, Um, especially when you're trying to get a message across, right? Like, his responsibility and his role is supposed to be like promoting the Democratic agenda and the Democratic candidates throughout the United States to embody. Um, a strong, and you sort of don't want to, you know, your communications got out of it. Like when you over influx too much information for some people, it could get really confusing, and you, you, you sort of de- delay the reaction to act to create action, right? Like so, if he wants like a community to go out and vote, you know. And he speak, specifically talking to a Latino community, he goes like, yeah, I'm one of you, but I'm also this, and I'm also that, I'm that and then go knock on doors, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit too much. So like, I've seen him in rooms where like, it's, it's he speaks from as a Dominican, as a Dominican, you know, re, re, represented, but then I also see him out here in the West Coast where he's like, I'm a Latino just like you, you know, and this is, this is our, our common ground. This is what we want, go out to vote, and then he doesn't even bring up. Peanut Dominican, so it's 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 an important point.
0: I mean, I think it's an important point too, Eva, because the other thing too is that that's why you also need more representation, right? Because at the end of the day, too, you know, our identities aren't fixed, right? Like, you know, yes, you know, like, and and, you know, I'm proud to be Dominican, but I'm also a father, I'm also a brother, I'm also you know, a transplant to Miami. I'm a born and raised in Washington Heights. I'm you know, all these different things, and and I would hope that we would think that part of the idea of living especially in this country, maybe in this world, is that we get to choose, um, you know, we get to choose our identity and we get to choose who we are when we walk into spaces, right? Like we're not forced or fixed to kind of do that, right? Yeah. Um, and, and the less of us there are in a room, the greater that weight is. And that's even assuming that you're comfortable with that, right? Um, I mean, I'm sure I can certainly share. I mean, look, I don't, I don't necessarily think I'm the most Dominican of Dominicans, right? Like, you know, I think that there are issues that we always have about our own self-identity our own self-worth, whether we're even up to the task of sometimes representing you know, a diverse kind of population, right? And so, when you walk into some of these circles where you're only one or two or three, I mean, that that's that can be difficult, right? That can mm-hmm. be difficult in terms of weighing in those 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 things. And who's to say who's right and wrong when it comes to those those things,
2: right? So. No, definitely. And then, yeah, I've definitely felt that in sort of leaving Miami. I mean, in my space, my community is in in D.C. Yeah, we have we have the embassy there, but like I was in a school that where I could count three dominicans want me being one of them you know out here again like i don't know the number but i, I know it's small <laughs> um and so it's 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 i have to constantly sort of at, be responding to questions of people from other communities be like yeah but like do you even speak spanish and Santo domingo i was like yes we speak spanish it's a Spanish <laughs> mm-hmm. country or like you know like what like like, are, are you a demo, like a democracy? And I was like, yeah, for democracy, you know what I mean? Like, having That's such like, a loaded question, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Or like, do you guys like bachata? And you're like, yeah, I <laughs> like bachata. They, they created it there. Yeah. But then also for me where it's like, I don't even like, like, I don't, I, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I don't like fruit. Like I don't, I can't do you know, abogate, can't do mango, like, so even for answering questions about like, Dominicans eat fruit? And I'm just like, well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow. And that's hard. That's real hard. I want to, I want to right there. And since you're sharing, <laughs> and since you're sharing, I was about to say. Fruta. Tu no comes
2: fruta. No. I did rendi- this joke. That's why they kicked me off <laughs> the island.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, I can make some other jokes about it. but I, I if we're into confessionals here, I do want to say that for the record, my daughter does not eat platinos
1: oh what okay, no stop. no no no,
0: no. but she's not into any kind of starch, so she doesn't eat like she only eats french fries and I don't even french fries anymore, like she doesn't eat potatoes. He doesn't eat patatas. He doesn't like anything. Not even like a Maduro. Maduro's not, not Not even a Maduro. You're not even Maduro. I'm hoping that like as she turns into a teenager, maybe she'll change her taste buds will change. But yes, that's you know, like I I, I carry that weight. I carried that. That's pants. a
1: lot of weight to carry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I
0: know. I know. It's perhaps,
1: it's um, cool. um, um, if anyone has, out there has any any
0: uh, advice for that, I'm, I'm sure you can, you can email digeres at kelokepodcast.com. digeres <laughs> at com as to how perhaps we can convince my daughter to eat. Blackness.
2: That
1: could be a whole episode. How is that a real email? <laughs> it is. It is a real email. We do have that. It. It, it, it is. Beautiful. <laughs>
0: Oh my God, Eva! It's been a real, real pleasure. I mean, honestly, I um, you know, as I said to Venus when, when, when she um, when she first suggested you, I said, you know, um, really, really a pleasure to hear you, and and, and to know, um, you know, that, you know it, it's hard, it's hard. I mean, I think, um, actually, I, I do have one last question, but I, 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 because I wanted to ask it because there's a lot of questions around money and politics, um, and I guess the the I. I I'd like to ask, what's, what's the biggest myth that you've heard in terms of in, in talking to folks that people have about money and politics? Like, what's the first, what, what is the biggest myth, and what's the biggest thing that they actually get right, that, you, that people wouldn't want to admit?
2: Well, the biggest myth is that uh, we don't know what, where the money is coming from. Like, this... Like, in the United States, we have a very uh, rigorous system of transparency. People don't realize that. Um, and honestly, it makes my life a lot easier because then I know who the donors are, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to be seeking out um, invisible people. So um, I would say that, that was, that's the biggest thing I hear from a lot of people being like, oh, well, like, you know, like, who, like it's, it's invisible people funding this campaign. Or right? it's like, oh, well, no, we know who they are. We know who they are, and they've made themselves known. Um, Would people get right?
1: Not, nada.
0: (laughs) I know that's a tough question to ask, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I will say about the whole invisible money is that, yes, like, you know, Citizens United is a real thing, and um, super PACs are a real thing, but... We also had to go through some motions in this country to realize that maybe super PACs are not that effective um, in our political system. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. I there's, and then also that super PACs already existed um, in a, in some form or another, like in independent expenditures from labor unions and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, and then there's also this new sort of um, progressive ideas of clean money. And I think that that I feel like that's a definition that I feel like hasn't been uh, truly defined. Um, What some people will believe clean money is, is different from what other people will believe in clean money. Uh, Some people, you know, candidates now are saying like, I don't take corporate PAC. I don't take corporate money. I was like, well, like, if you're a, a candidate for federal election, you couldn't take corporate money anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean, you're just saying that to make some some progressive feel good. Um, and, and then also corporate PAC money, like I also like if you're a Democrat, a corporate like Walmart is probably not gonna give to you, you know, um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. so I, it's just, like we, there's a lot of words that are being thrown out there when I, when it comes to like, what is clean money. Um, but like, I think like just as a community that it's just, it's just a little bit too intricate for us to define at this moment. Um, and I, I say, give some time. and also give some candidates slack. Like it's a lot of, it's very difficult to fund these campaigns. They're getting more expensive by, you know, every single cycle. And, you know, as much as you can do with grassroots um, community, that's also takes time, like to build a list, knowing who you could count on and who could be a monthly donor. Like that's, that, that's a, you know, something that takes time. It's not, it's not instant money. So, you know, I think give some, our candidates some slack and definitely the democratic party because this is, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's, I think it's an important I think it's an important point. I think the other truth is at the end of the day, campaigns cost money. They have to run, right? And and if we don't have folks like you helping us to not just fundraise but also um, to fundraise and tapping our own our own ideas and creative resources, right, to to, to 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 power these campaigns, um, then we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna be left off the table anyway. Right. Exactly. Um, we have to do those Definitely. things there. So. I
2: mean, I think definitely hold people accountable if it, if it seems like their money is influencing their positions. But that's the great thing about grassroots fundraising and making make sure that you're raising money from the community that is voting for you. Um, you're already, you're already hold, beholden to your constituency anyway, might as well make that extra pressure for fundraising as well. And then we actually have a fantastic um, program here in Los Angeles that I hope that other cities, especially Miami, um, to integrate, which is public funding, um, where people can buy, uh, opt in, to, in their taxes to give like a dollar or two um, to this fund that any candidate can um, access. And so it takes away a little bit of that um, that dirty money aspects, and also it brings more power to the people that these you know they're their community leaders are representing. So I'm a big advocate for public funding, and maybe I shouldn't be saying that as a fundraiser because it might take away my job, but... Um. <laughs> you,
0: just, you just get a new job then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm getting a
2: new job, it's fine. I'm the president representative.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, mira, yes. I again, shout out to Conte Claude. You got, you got a potential person out there in the I'm Southern here. California area. I'm here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Mira, este. Eva, look, like I said, real pleasure to talk to you, real pleasure to know that you're on the, you know, on the scene. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think def- definitely as the as the 2020 election moves closer to us, uh, we are here at Quelloque. Okay, we'll definitely be asking questions around, um, you campaigns and financing and stuff like that. So it's good to know that we can bring you back here as a potential expert or someone at least in terms of trying to figure out, uh, you know, if you can break it down for, you know, for the common folks to kind of understand that uh, Venus, any last thoughts that you have in terms of, we got, you know, we got your good friend here. She gave a great show. Any thoughts, any thoughts?
1: Well, my, my last thoughts and everything is that did I embarrassed you Venus. No, no, no. <laughs> Actually, this is when I say, I think I did a good job helping out. No, just kidding. <laughs> No, but personally, I just want to say um, I'm very proud of you, or muy orgullosa, to see your progression and your continued growth, uh, not only as a person, as a female, pero como una Dominicana. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish you the best. And, uh, you know, keep on showing them the big hair. Let them know <laughs> that aquí, and you're ready, because uh, I think you really have... Uh, I, I know there's more to come and I just can't wait to see it. And then we'll showcase it again, Uncle, okay, okay? Exactly. Thank exactly. you. PS. See if your mom wants to get on the show. Okay. No. I'll get her on. I'll get, don't worry. I'll leave it to me. I'll get her on. <laughs>
2: Quiero saber muchas cosas. Tengo... bueno, También que un periodista, so she could give you the, the scoop on, on news here so, oh
0: no, no, there's a lot of there's a lot of good questions in terms of that that we could definitely yeah. add, have, but Eva, as we said here, great having you here, um, thank you for coming on Venus, as always, you know, thank you for, for leading us through all the things that we have, and, and our, to our listeners thank you for tuning in, otra vez one more time, um, to this great podcast, this passion podcast. Of love that that we have here to try to create an, uh, a space um, to talk about, to talk about and with um, Dominicans over here. And as we say often here on Keloque, as long as there's Guachincha to tell and Dominicans to profile, Keloque will always be here. Thanks a lot, everybody.